0: Every day we make decisions, don't we? We make choices and uh, whether it's investing your money or how you want to spend your time, we want to choose wisely, don't we? Don't want to waste our time or money on things that aren't worth it. And here we have the story of two sisters and both make their respective choices and each, no doubt, thought or believed that they were making a good choice but they chose different things and we're going to look at what that means in this story this morning. In the ancient Near East, hospitality is a really critical thing and uh, hospitality wasn't just a nicety in that part of the world at that time. It was part of the social fabric. Uh, In one sense, it was a necessity because people would travel large distances and arrive at places where there was no public hotel or inn or anything like that and the only place to stay was with somebody who lived there and so people would open their homes and let people come and stay partly because that was kind but probably more because very soon they were likely to need the same kind of generosity from somebody else and so the culture just affirmed that as a way of allowing people to move around and to be able to find shelter and so forth. Martha understood this. She knew what the rules around hospitality were and she had a real keen sense of wanting to do that properly. She was a responsible person and Jesus was something of a special guest, so she was probably even more keen to make the hospitality extra special. Martha does the right thing, she does the honourable thing, she does the expected thing, she does the assumed thing. Martha gets ready and makes the food and does all the kinds of preparations that are appropriate. Almost 20 years ago, I was involved with some work in Monado in eastern Indonesia. There was some dis- internally displaced people. Manado was one of the most Christian parts of Indonesia and others were coming in for other parts of Indonesia and there was all sorts of uh, strife going on. And so a group from Manly, where I was, the churches there, went over to see if we could offer any help or support to some of the displaced people. As a result, in some of the rather large churches over there, I was invited to come and preach. I didn't have any Bahasa, but uh, someone interpreted for me. I'm sure they gave a better sermon than I was giving. But um, that was a really interesting experience. The most bizarre part of it was that after one of those events when I would preach to a very large congregation of hundreds or maybe thousands of people, and then the, the minister of the church would say, you must come and have lunch. And they would put on this incredible spread of really incredible food. And I felt quite awkward about that. And I thought, oh, really? You know. And it was difficult to communicate. And the team that was supporting us said, no, no, you really must go. They had to do that because that was the way appreciation was shown. And they would have kind of been out of sync with the culture. It would have been disrespectful if they didn't do it. And it would have been utterly horrifying if I didn't go along and enjoy it. And so there was this kind of interesting thing where there was an expectation and that's the way the culture said that wasn't a bad thing, it was just a thing. And uh, I found that a little bit difficult in a way. Mary isn't so caught up in the cultural expectation, you'll notice. She's not doing what the culture would expect of her. She's sitting at Jesus' feet, listening as he speaks with her or teaches her. She's kind of shirking, almost. Mary has engaged her attention, not on the preparations for their guest, but on their guest. Mary and Jesus are conversing, and as a result, the whole burden of preparation has fallen on Martha. And it's understandable that Martha would be a little bit miffed. You can imagine the situation, right? Why should I have to do all the work? She's just sitting there talking with Jesus and I'm making the kebabs and doing the stuff. Perhaps she also would like to have lounged around and talked with Jesus, but she felt constrained by what needed to be done. So Martha makes her objection known and I imagine she was anticipating that Jesus would go, oh yes, how terrible, sorry, come on Mary, get up and... Do the right thing and maybe offer an apology in the world in, in the process. I wonder what we're doing when we offer hospitality to somebody. In truth, we might be doing many things. Uh, in that context, you're kind of keeping the fabric of society together because you might need the same favour given to you. Um, There'll be many things that we don't know, like sometimes we are carrying favour when we offer hospitality. Sometimes we're just fulfilling the expectations of our culture. Uh, In today's world, we might even be showing off when we offer hospitality. But the meaning of hospitality has its roots in the idea of being a host. And the host was a person who invited in a stranger and made the place safe for the stranger to be. Because when you're a stranger, an outsider, it's dangerous to come into a new group. You'll have a little feeling of this, some of you, maybe many of you, when you enter a new social group. You don't know what the rules are yet. You don't know what the topics of conversation are acceptable or unacceptable. You don't know who, where the power structures are and all that kind of stuff. So you're a newbie and it takes time to work out how to find your way there and it's easy to put a a foot wrong and the host was somebody who guided you in and made it safe for you to be there. The host accommodated the stranger and made the space for them to be present in a new environment. They welcomed the stranger and it's one thing to offer food and a bed for the evening. That's a wonderful thing to offer to people. And this is a kind of hospitality that was expected in that part of the world at the time. But what would it be to make space for the whole person? Not simply physically, their physical needs of food and shelter, but space to get to know them, space to engage them at depth, to come to understand and appreciate them to, as it were, make space in your heart for them to listen carefully. Thinking again about my experience in eastern Indonesia, uh, the generosity in terms of food in those settings after the service was overwhelming, but because of the language difference and the cultural gap, there was no real opportunity for me to bond with the people who were lavishing this incredible, generous hospitality onto me in the banquet sort of setting. And I don't remember any of the church leaders that I met during that time really at all. I couldn't tell you their names or anything about them some 25 years later or so. By contrast, the team of young Indonesians who were our helpers who guided us with language and culture and that kind of stuff, I know them really well. They're fabulous people and they, they helped us in so many ways and we got to know them we heard each other's backstories and we really engaged so so much so that we went back a couple of times and even though I haven't been to Indonesia for a long, long time, I know that in a moment if I went over there and got in touch with them, they would welcome me and we would sit down and talk and catch up. And likewise, if they turned up in Sydney, the same thing. There was a deep bond of appreciation that had grown and that was a very different kind of hospitality. Because when we get to know each other at depth, blessing flows in every direction. When you're offering hospitality, which is food and shelter, Somebody's got the food and shelter and they're offering it to the other one who doesn't have it. It's kind of a one-way street. But when you sit down and make space in your heart, the blessings flow in every direction. If you make space for someone, they bless you. And if they make space for you, you bless them and they bless you by making space for you and it just goes in every direction. The women here can be blessed... By knowing Jesus. And it seems that Jesus is also blessed by getting to know them. And we get a, an inkling of that because in a story in John chapter 11, when Jesus is called to uh, Mary and Martha's brother's sickness, Lazarus, you might have heard of him, and he dies. And Jesus turns up and he's been put in the tomb. And Jesus observes the grief of Mary and Martha and it's the one place in all of the scripture where it says Jesus wept. He was so moved, he was so fond of his friends and watching them go through this grief, there was a deep connection there. So when Martha says to Jesus and Mary, come on, I'm doing all the work, tell her to help me, Jesus doesn't acquiesce to the cultural pressure. He understands it. He understands what's going on and what the culture expects and so forth, but he's not persuaded that that is the best thing to do. Jesus knows that they will need to eat and so the food will need to be prepared in due course, but it's so easy to get lost in the busyness of doing those things and miss what we're really doing those things for. We focus on the stuff that's supposed to facilitate something, but forget about the something that we're actually trying to facilitate. In a way, Jesus is saying hospitality is not simply about the hospitality. Hospitality is about the relationship. It's about the making of space for one another. And this really challenges the assumed norms of the day. In the context that we're in, hospitality was about hospitality. You did the hospitality, no questions asked. That's what your responsibility was. You were fulfilling what you had to do. It was a basic courtesy, an essential part of social infrastructure. It simply had to be done. few years ago. I was part of a a small group that went away for a weekend to do some, it was like a retreat. We had a guy who was guiding us and we were there for Friday night, Saturday and Sunday. And on the Friday night we had dinner together and um, we started the process as we were concluding dinner and the retreat leader basically asked us a question that it gave us opportunity to let the other people in the group know who we were. You know, Some question, like, how have you come to be here? It was a very open question. I was about the third person to speak, so I rattled off a few things off the top of my head and fulfilled what was the, supposed to be said and passed it on. And one or two after me, people began to share quite deeply, like really open stories about things they'd been struggling with and things they were hoping for and actually allowed some very important things about their lives to become known in this group. And a really bizarre thing happened at that point. A kind of intimacy and trust came over the group where we listened to one another intently and started to care about each other, even though we didn't know each other very well. um, There was this bond that started to form as people opened up their lives so much so that when we got round to the end, I felt a bit ripped off. Like, I hadn't shared deeply enough. I wasn't present enough in, like, there's so much more now that I'd like to like you to know about me and like to have as part of this conversation because what I'd done was fulfil the expectation of the task but I hadn't actually let anybody know me much at all. I just you know, rattled off the stuff. I'm this, I'm that, I did that, the other thing, bang, 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 okay, over to you. And it's so easy for us to just fulfil the task and miss what it's really about. I mean, I knew it was a getting-to-know-you moment, but I just didn't necessarily... I suppose I didn't trust them at that point, but as the, the trust developed... And I saw how um, trustworthy the people were, things started to change. See, Jesus is offering us to enter into something so much more. He invites us to engage in much more than simply cultural expectations. The, The cultural traditions hold the potential for something, they're really important, but they hold the potential not the actual thing. Those uh, cultural practices are not the thing in themselves. Hospitality is not simply about offering the survival basics or the essentials to a a visitor. It's about really engaging with people, engaging fully and appropriately with them. And Jesus was saying here is an opportunity for you to engage fully and appropriately with me, don't miss that because you're so busy doing what the culture has told you you should do. See, all of our religious traditions are important, I think. They're there because they're important and uh, we engage in in them appropriately. I've been on quite a journey with church. I came to faith and I learnt the ways of the church and then I went through a period where I thought church is too religious and I don't like the religious nature of it and more recently I've come round to a point where I thought actually there's some deep, deep wisdom in these traditions that we hold but the beauty is not the tradition itself it's what the tradition gives us the opportunity to experience because Jesus is the good part. And if the tradition helps us encounter Jesus, then it's good. And if we focus too much on the tradition and miss Jesus, then we are fools and we have been distracted by too many things. Simply doing this stuff for the sake of doing this stuff is missing the point. All of this, all of this, All of what we do here at Mustard Seed is about creating the best opportunity to encounter Jesus in worship, in prayers, in reading the scripture, in serving tea and coffee, in packing up the tables, in going to the powerhouse or indeed eating egg and bacon rolls here after the service, in one another. We are finding Jesus. Few things are important. Really, there's only one. Choose wisely. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your incredible blessings to us and the way that you invite us to know you, for you are the blessing that we need. Help us to see through the many opportunities that we're given into the thing that is really important so that we can engage in the right way and discover you and each other and you in each other to the glory of your name. Amen.